welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. We're here for another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I'm Zach Shahan, the CEO of Clean Technica. And joining us today is David Etzweiler, CEO of Siemens Foundation. So we're going to talk today about a really interesting, really progressive initiative Siemens Foundation is doing. But to start with, just want to first find out more about you, David, your background and how you got into this this space in general. Yeah, happy to do that, Zach. Thanks for having me on the show. And I have to say, I took a look at your your website and some of your past podcasts the other day. I probably the least technically backgrounded guest that you've had or may ever have. I, I actually have a undergraduate degree in history and political science and a master's in public policy and a law degree. But most of my career has really been in corporate philanthropy, and and the trick there is really leveraging the assets of the corporation for the benefit of society. So it's really thinking about how do you get the highest return on investment for society while really lifting up, like I said, the assets, the passions, the the knowledge and networks of the corporation. So that's where my career has been. I've been really lucky to be with some great uh, corporations and some great community leaders in the midst of all of that. Thanks. Yeah. Well, I've been covering clean tech for 15 years and running clean technica for 13. And we, I don't have a technical background. I never saw myself as a tech guy yeah. and uh, sort of got pushed into it. So we've always sort of tried to translate the sort of the tech to normal English, but I can see, you know, over the years we've gotten, well, we got to get more, dig into this more. We got to, you yeah. know, get, get, so we get d- deeper and deeper into digging into the tech but I'm still my my bachelor's degree is a, uh, was in sociology and environmental studies. My master's was in city planning, and um, okay. I mean I'm still much more comfortable in that in in that space. And we we sure. definitely cover you know all aspects of the industry. So this is definitely it's a great fit. But yeah, let's I guess let's just jump into what you're doing at the Siemens Foundation. I mean you're doing a lot of stuff I know at the Siemens Foundation. But the the latest initiative, brand new announcement last week, is e- well, actually, how do you say it? I, reading it and saying it is always a different thing. Is it everyone charging forward or everyone charging forward? Uh, yeah, no, it's a good question. No, we say it everyone charging forward, but you're right. The E and the V are intentionally capitalized in the midst of that. So for sure. But what exactly what we're trying to do here, I mean, this is a 10-year, $30 million initiative of the Siemens Foundation. And the reason for that, and and I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but there's obviously an unprecedented opportunity here in this country right now, right? We've got $1.5 trillion of investments over the next decade in infrastructure and chips in the Inflation Reduction Act, really to rebuild ports and bridges and highways and move us to a cleaner economy. I mean, it's a pretty exciting time for the country and really for the globe when you think about what's what's happening right now. But there's clearly a problem that we've got to solve for, just like any big investment, any big, you know, new national or, or global initiative. And that's workers. We just do not have the workforce in this country and certainly not the trained workforce to fill the jobs and and to, you know to help us meet our goals in the environment and for the economy. 
And so, you know, about a year ago, our board of directors sat down and we said, you know, number one, we want to play a bigger role in the environment generally. But as we saw what was happening at the federal level, we really pushed ourselves to, to do something there and, you know, got about the work of, of researching and understanding how we can focus our efforts, you know, in this area and very quickly saw that, you know, there were great living wages sustainable wages and careers in the electric vehicle charging sector. We saw that of all those investments, the EV investments were, you know, some of the first out of the chute that were really taking hold in terms of building out that infrastructure, getting chargers across the country, the manufacturing of those, the maintenance of those was clearly required. And we saw some great partnerships that were already developing in the country for us, particularly where we saw those partnerships developing well, and I don't mean to be overly exclusive here because there are lots of great partnerships, but we really focused on the Midwest in Detroit and in the Southeast in North Carolina. I know you've got some North Carolina connections too, but you know those two areas were doing some phenomenal work of partnering across labor, business, academia, government, you know, on and on, some big partnerships to do some great stuff. And so we really chose to focus, you know, our work in those two geographic areas, again, uh, on the 10-year commitment, $30 million overall in those investments. Yeah, and yeah, we'll get back to the regions in a bit. But yeah, I've, I, as we, we've had a pretty recent podcast where we talked a lot about the workforce issue and sort of needing to ramp up the workforce for for specifically EV, yeah, the EV charging sector, but across clean tech. And Elon Musk used to tweet and respond to our articles a few times a week. And I was uh, DM'd with him quite a lot on Twitter when he was basically when he was more focused on EV stuff than other stuff. And then, yep. uh, and then we we he drifted into other topics and and we're not so much in touch. But even several years ago, even a few years ago. I noticed with with him, just even private messages and public statements, that the number one issue they were facing was workforce supply. Like yeah. it's not it's not mineral supply, it's not production capacity, it's workforce supply. And and this is at all levels. This goes from the AI engineering level to the EV charging deployment level. And then I saw I saw it more. I saw it in in several ways with different companies, but it's still it doesn't get a lot of press. It doesn't get a lot of attention. Hey, the the growth we talk about the growth. Everybody highlights the growth, the plans for growth, the forecast, and sort of forget that yeah, you need a lot of humans to make that happen, and you have to retrain people or train people, and this is not so easy. You know, there's limited human capital. Uh, going back to our social uh, social studies roots here, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's limited human capital for this. So I think it's really uh, uplifting, inspiring. I'm also just curious a bit how you, how specifically you came about and realized, hey, this is really the bottleneck. This yeah. is where we could really help because it's not so obvious and it's not so easy to notice, I think. So no, I'm curious you're, how, you're, you're, how you you're, did that. You're, yeah, you're, you're totally right. And it's, it's I guess, where I kind of nerd out on it or kind of get wonky on it because I get really excited about what's happening right now in the US economy, because it's one of those those areas where we focused on equity for a long time. And, you know, because we as a company, as a foundation, think it's the right thing to do, that there's this un, unfulfilled promise of the country, which is, you know, if you work hard, you set goals, 
that you should be able to provide for yourself and for your family and for your community. Like that's that's a great starting point. I think what's really cool about the the moment right now is even if you don't even if you got a cold stone heart for equity, you know, even if you got an issue with the word or the concept, we're not going to meet our goals as a country from an environmental standpoint and from an economic standpoint unless we figure this out, right? And again, it's it's manageable, right? We we can figure this out big time. And what we know is over the coming decade, there are some 15 million new jobs coming online within infrastructure. So much broader than the topic we're talking about today in terms of the EV charging sector. But nevertheless, as a country, 15 million new jobs that are coming on online, some 17 million workers in the infrastructure arena are leaving in the next decade, right? So wow. huge holes to fill. And and what we tried to do is say, hey, that's we from- want to Sorry, but that's from like eight, just reti- going into retirement age or what is it? I'm just curious. Yeah, it's interest- primar- primarily folks who are aging out or retiring, but also folks who are going into different parts of the, the economy, who may be leaving to go to a different different part of the economy. But that that's the macro look, right? I mean, it's not just the EV charging sector, right? All these jobs that we're fueling with 1.5 trillion, we've got to figure out a way. And what again, what we tried to do is focus and say, hey, where's our highest return on investment here, right? We can't sprinkle our money and our partnerships, but where are the places where we see the greatest opportunity for workers now? Where, where are the, the lessons, where are the gaps? And we should talk a little bit about that because there's $1.5 trillion coming down the line. So folks might say, well, what's the, why do we need more money? But the fact of the matter is like any, you know, uh, government initiative, there are certain things that that need the support of the private sector or the philanthropic sector. And for us, when we look at that, we see gaps in, and many others have documented this as well, transportation, for example, and childcare. If you're trying to get folks who haven't been in the sector before, underserved, under-resourced women into the sector, you have to understand that you're starting out with a largely white male worker and we haven't been very successful in including lots of other folks in this opportunity so again yeah we, er, yeah. yeah we had a recent podcast with a, a latino engineer who who repairs ev charging stations and it's just, the stories she's, she's told and the kind of you know the typical kind of responses she gets from people are like Oh, you're fixing this station. You know, it's like, yeah, it's 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 atypical, but it is. I mean, it's an issue we've dealt with as long as I've been in covering the sector for 15 years. It's like heavily white, wealthy male in the sector, but yeah, the the, I mean, I think, I think it's clear to those of us who work in this field. But I think it's worth reiterating that you know there there's been an issue with outsourcing of blue collar jobs and uh, crumbling of U.S. infrastructure for decades, for a long time. It's been and it's been a political hot topic for for decades, where pres, you know presidential candidates or other candidates have said we're going to fix this because of all the issues going on in the country and this divisiveness today. There's really under acknowledgement of how tremendous how tremendously this administration has actually worked to resolve, to fix this and or to to respond to it with the bipartisan infrastructure law and then the inflation reduction act of 2022 those two pieces of legislation which were 
honestly surprising that they got passed yeah given how how difficult it is to get anything passed even yeah. 10 years ago how difficult it is to get anything passed they're just they're just enormous piece of legislation to help rebuild infrastructure and and create new blue collar jobs but as you said this is comp- this legislation is always complicated always has holes and issues and you have to like once it's through it's amazing but then you have to like patch it up or or you know right. fill the gap so you got to make it happen and you have to implement it correct you know uh, effectively how you want it to so there's a lot i'm sure to be done remote workers and other citizens of the world seeking a vibrant community and a sustainable all-inclusive travel experience tailored to modern professionals need to know about Surfbreak. With locations in Honolulu, Hawaii, and Puerto Escondido, Mexico, Surfbreak is a co-living and co-working community designed for professionals, slow tourists, or anyone looking for a full-service living experience that enables real connections to thrive. Surfbreak's unique lifestyle concept promotes unplanned collaboration and spontaneous collision that helps new ideas blossom with a supportive environment, all with an emphasis on authenticity and sustainability. Clean Tech Talk listeners get $100 off your first stay when you mention Clean Technica at sign up. Clean Technica's founder, Scott Cooney, says their concept is simple. They create a space where people interact without having to work at it or plan it and provide the right resources for connection and enjoyment. And the magic follows. Be part of that magic and do it for $100 less when you mention Clean Technica. Offer valid for new Surfbreak signups only. Terms and conditions apply. See surfbreakcoliving.com for more info. I, I'll just ask one more time because I'm just curious, like just more about the process of how you went about figuring out. I, I don't know, like, yeah, like any funny stories or any details and how you went about figuring out. We've got these massive pieces of legislation. We've got right. all kinds of big transitions happening in this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you yeah. well, how do you get down to our little bar. level? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, funny stories is a is a high bar, um, to be sure. But f- I mean, first of all, totally agree with your assessment of what's going on here. I mean, it, there are times when I think you know it's it, it's kind of like we won the lottery, right? Like we've been talking, like forget the what, what color your party is, right? You know, blue, purple, red, etc. It doesn't matter. We've been talking about trying to bring manufacturing back to the shores here. We've been talking about rebuilding infrastructure, making it easier for business to supply goods, etc. And like all we, you know, we won the lottery, and all we have to do is go across town and cash the ticket, right? But we seem to be kind of frustrated that we have to, you know, call an Uber or take light rail or drive across town to go cash the ticket. So there's. I totally agree with you that I don't get it, why we're well, not. Well, I was on excited. mute, but you had me laughing very hard there. I mean, that is really, <laughs> I haven't heard anything like that. And it's just the perfect metaphor. I mean, that is yeah. really the case. Like we've, we've, we won a lottery and we're busy fighting about uh, something ridiculous be on the side and, and not, and don't want to, yeah, don't want to get, yeah. get across this, pay an Uber to go yeah. across it's a, town. It's a little entitled. Of it's crazy. Entire, but, it's but crazy never... how much like we needed this and now we're not acknowledging and, and everybody on yeah. both sides, like not to make it partisan, but on both sides complained how much we needed this. And now it's like, um, no one gives <laughs> any attention, but, but you're giving attention. So thank you for that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's, but it's I mean again it's 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 you know it's leadership maintaining our leadership as an economy it's it's repositioning our leadership environmentally right and and then when you think about you know cybersecurity you think about chips all of that from a defense and security standpoint this is an amazing amazing moment for us and so stepping up just seems like the right thing to do but you you were asking about sort of how do we get you know how do we 
move into this process. And we've always had the approach going back a little bit that for corporate philanthropy, the way that you find that highest return on investment, right? You can, you can sprinkle, you can do charity, you can do kind of nice, pretty things and meaningful things in lots of ways. But the way the foundation board and our staff have always looked at it is we've looked at sort of three overlapping circles. We've said, what are the big issues of the day that, that we can and should play a role in? And without going into detail, that income inequality, wealth disparity, the, the impact on our democracy has always been sort of that top circle. And then overlapping on the right is, okay, so what assets do you have as a company to bring to bear, right? Like, you know, if you, if you don't have anything related to it, then forget it. But we're, you know, we've got a, a German parent company and apprenticeships in Germany are just part of the system and culture. Yeah. Literally thousands yeah. of trained apprenticeship in Siemens, Germany. And it's also the business model of most of our sectors that we're in, our competitors, our customers, and us, we understand those jobs that are sort of the STEM technical jobs, these jobs that require more than a high school degree, less than a college degree, and strong technical skills are really the meat and potatoes here and provide a huge opportunity for wealth and income equality and economic opportunity and for the business community and for society in general, right? So that, yeah. that side is really easy. And then the foundation's always been in the, in the area of youth and STEM. And so you put those together and we've always been in that workforce area, or at least we have in the last seven or eight years and driven really hard with some great partners like the National Governors Association, the National League of Cities, New America, driving big partnerships of workforce training. And then about a year ago, we said, no, nah, we need to do, we need to swing some of that over to the environment. And as you and I have already talked about, same time, the federal policies are coming down the pike. And so we brought in some uh, an outside group that I've worked with for years, and they did a phenomenal job of helping us with the discipline of saying, okay, let's not just throw money out there. You know, where can we bring focus to bear in this work and have the, the greatest opportunity? And we've already talked about it, a little bit about it anyway, which is, you know, it's yeah. in this electric vehicle charging sector. But then it was about, okay, so where do you find the partners who are the most effective and that's maybe that's kind of where we can chat a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I have th just to give you a sense where we're going. I, one more general question I asked, then I'll yeah. get into the regional issues, which I find fascinating. And then more on the equity component, uh, which, yeah. And I just, this is a basically a, like a sociological question or sociopolitical question that we don't need to go down. But I think we do have an issue in the US where for a long time we've seen like the only way to really have a really high level professional job is to go through four years of university right. get something through the end and people who would come out of high school without that straight path to university to, to college yeah. as we say in the u.s I, sometimes i use the european i lived in europe for 11 years so i use the kind of european way of talking but people right. who didn't go straight into college and and get a professional degree think that they can only work like service jobs or basic you know kind of jobs and they and there's kind of an invisibility to that, like that technical high level, but not university degree job that you that you're talking about. So I think we struggle with sort of making those visible and filling those. I think, and unlike like I think Germany, which is probably a great one of the best examples in the world of doing that. But yeah, so a general question, just I I saw in the press release this stat from Princeton a Princeton University study that somewhere between seven hundred seventy seven thousand and five point one million new 
energy related jobs could be created in the US by 2030. That's a huge number of jobs, like we were saying, that's going to be created if we can fill them. Do you have anything more to say on that study and, and yeah, that overall picture? Well, yeah, I mean, less on the study itself and more on on that number. I mean, it just gets to the heart of this, which is, hey, we got a, we got an issue to solve for, right? Like all, it, you know, when Kennedy said we're going to go to the moon, right, we could have sat there and said, wow, what about all these orbits and what about, you know, gravitational, right? I mean, there are all sorts of reasons you can't do it. But I think the opportunity here gets back to what you were just alluding to, which is we're starting to figure out that there are lots of ways to do it. I hope we are right? That college is not the only track here. It, you know, college is a wonderful track for lots of us, right? And others who have different interests, who, who may want to get to that college track, beginning with a job in an energy field, and then have an employer who helps them pay for going to college, et cetera. There are lots of different ways to go. But yeah, you're hearing a lot more. I mean, I talked to, to the electricians and plumbers who come in to my house, they, I, I think I spend more money, by the way, on, yeah. on chatting with them than I do about oh. actually stuff fixed here. But, yeah. you know, these folks love what they're doing, literally love what they're doing. They have manageable hours and they're making six digits, yeah. right? And, and they um, probably didn't the way, they, rack they up fifty to $100,000. Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not, they're not carrying that. So I think we're starting to figure this out. I think there's also yeah. been an unfortunate history in our country as well, which is you know, back, and this goes back a long ways, where folks used to get tracked, primarily communities of color would kind of get tracked into technical fields, and others would get tracked into to college fields. So there was, you know, there's this history that we are still getting passed, but I think, I think it's starting to go in the rearview mirror. And in fact, when we were in Michigan, I was there with our CEO and my boss last month, meeting with the IBEW and the folks with the electric vehicle infrastructure training program, one of the, the grantees that we have, it was such a different looking table hmm. than we would have imagined, right? Even 20 years ago, right? And so even, you know, unions who historically kind of fit that mold that we were talking about, white the white male right. mold, a wholly different room that we yeah. were talking about and it's a non-issue it's like it's yeah. you know these are not issue we just got to get the job done and yeah. they're killing in terms of understanding how to recruit folks from different backgrounds how to retrain re retain them how to you know well let's talk let's keep about, going it with that instead of the regional yeah. we'll, we'll switch and come to the regional yeah. but yeah how is that i mean it's a very great progressive thing that you're looking to increase the equity in this field and as you said it's already happening somewhat naturally in in the the midwest and in in the manufacturing sector in general but it's really been an issue in the clean tech sector and the ev sector and and all with technical stuff so how did you how do you i don't know anything you can say about your approach to that to help improve that and yeah. and and why you're you're i mean I think it's clear why you're doing it. We need equity and more equity in society right. is better for everyone. Uh, and it's just, we, we live better as better people, but, and live better lives, have a better economy, but yeah, yeah, anything you can say on those matters. Yeah. Hello listeners. My name is Scott Cooney and I am Zach's business partner. I'm the founder of clean technica and I am so, so grateful to all of you avid clean tech fans out there. We are thrilled to have been accelerating the clean tech revolution for more than a decade now. And really that all starts with you. 
the decisions you make and your companies make are driving this revolution. I'm most happy to be able to say that if we at Clean Technica had a nickel, for every time we heard someone say that they purchased their first solar, their first EV, their first e-bike, or some other clean technology, because of something they read on our website, Clean Technica would have enough money to be a cable TV channel by now. But the thing is, we don't get those nickels, and as a result, our ability to move markets only goes so far. So I have a favor to ask. If you love what we do, and you feel that we're helping move the world to a better future, could you chip in a monthly contribution of five bucks, 10 bucks, or whatever you can? If even 1% of our audience chipped in $5 a month, we could really blow this thing up and move markets. So if you feel motivated and can spare the cost of one cup of coffee a month, please go to cleantechnica.com support and sign up through either PayPal or Patreon. Again, that's cleantechnica.com support. Thanks so much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're it's you're helping to remind me. You know, there's there's no doubt that in terms of my career and the work that we do here, that equity is you know a core value. But I think what is really helpful in all of this work is, hey, you got to put that aside, right? Because trying to do the right thing is the right is is right, or at least put it off to the side for a moment. But this is a business like approach, right? So I think all of us in these in this economy, again. Let's just assume you got a stone cold heart for those issues, right? That you don't care about economic opportunity for the whole country. That's not your gig, right? If you want to develop an electric vehicle culture industry, chargers across the country. My wife and I just drove back from Colorado, right? So and you're kind of looking at, boy, we, we got a lot to build. <laughs> but if if you're just a business person trying to get the highest return on investment, you got to stop and understand the folks that have gotten us, you know, that have been part of this economy in the past, the workers are aging out. We don't have enough folks. How do we get enough folks on this team? It means you got to turn to other folks. You got to turn to women. You got to turn to communities of color. And you got to understand how is this marketplace different? How do we reach out to them? How do we how do we make sure they're they're understanding these opportunities exist? How do we understand what we don't know in in building out our models? Who are the folks that have integrity? Who are the partners that we need to hand power and resources over to to get it done? But I think it's super important, and I you know to to signal to folks this is not just a feel good initiative. This is what we got to do as a country to continue to be out front on the environment, on the economy, on the security of our country, that this is just how you do it. This is the business-like approach to yeah. getting done. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of studies now on the companies and places that are more uh, diverse and more equitable just are better economically, do better as companies, as economies. And I mean, the the U.S. has uh, over 100 years of proof of that, too, being uh, such a diverse and uh, more equitable society that right. it, it's been the leader globally economically with with this. And I think it's I, I'm a, I fear that this is something that's being forgotten quickly. <laughs> and there's a lot of people who don't realize the importance of increasing diversity, growing diversity and growing equity that, that this is critical to everyone's economic success and and uh i fear it is a big problem but we we could have a whole one hour sociological discussion on that way that we won't have but I'm, I'm very curious about your your regional focus where how you're you're how you've 
picked out the Southeast and the Midwest as places to target. And I think it's smart too, because I mean, to spread the money across the whole US would be very challenging. And really what I was going to say too, is a big, a big way you tap into these communities and these different people. It's you have to connect to communities. Like you have to find a way into their community. You have to find a way to become a trusted voice in their community. Right. And if it's a new, if you're trying to like, you know, grow the, the pool, grow the grow the party like you have to you have to do that carefully and and take time on it so how did you pick these places yeah, yeah no I, for sure and i think that trust well the, how we picked them it, look we we interviewed and and our consultants helped us find an interview a pretty wide range i mean it was you know in the 100 you know 100 to 200 range of folks that we talked to not only just folks that were getting the work done but but research and then we narrowed down you know, the potential grantees based on a lot of criteria. But part of what what you were just talking about is, was at the heart of this, which is, hey, it's not enough to just go in and choose for a community, right? Who their partner is, right? It's like, okay, who's got cred? Who's got accomplishments in, in this work? Who's got governance in terms of folks who are running these organizations and sharing, like, is this kind of a legit cred that's out there? And so, you know, that's that's a lot of what we looked at in terms of choosing our partners. But back to the regional focus, you know, we're, we're in Detroit with electric vehicle infrastructure training program, phenomenal group of uh, some 200 businesses, IBEW and others. And they're doing training for folks from from very non-traditional, if 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 that if I can say that, you know, if there is a traditional path, folks, but they have a, a great background and accomplishments here. They are, by the way, the recognized certification for NEVI for the electric vehicle training, right? And so one of the reasons we like them so much is that they do have this certification program. One of the things that we're funding is the online scaling of that. So much of what this is about is saying, hey, let's let's find great models that are working Let's scale them and then get them disseminated. And they've got that model of how to engage folks from different backgrounds, how to retain folks, how to move them into apprenticeships and pre-apprenticeship programs. And so it's really, if you look at them, they've got especially that, that labor connection and they've got that connection to the specific training module that we think, it, well, it's already beginning to be scaled nationally, but we think that will be the national model that's out there. So that's one of the reasons yeah. we that. And obviously it's Detroit, right? I mean, we're going, I'm going to the auto yeah. show. Yeah. You, you may be there too in, in the next couple of days, but how cool to see how this industry responds and innovates itself. And that was um, the, the electric vehicle infrastructure training program, correct? Yes. Yeah, right. exactly. Or and then if we move to the South EVITP, yeah. EVITP, yeah. Yeah, just phenomenal, phenomenal partners. And then we've got great partners in North Carolina, the North Carolina Business Committee for Education. So they have been around for, I want to say 40 years, at least a long time. They're they are out of the governor's office. And this is really a statewide approach to to really that whole industry. As you know, the EV industry in North Carolina has really exploded there. But this is the group that's looking at, okay, what are the jobs we need? Geographically, where are those jobs going to be? How do we set up apprenticeship programs with businesses? How do we carry those through? 
how do we scale this at a, at a statewide level? What are the messages and communication systems that we need to have out there? But that, you know, if EVITP is that training program and those partnerships at the local level, this is the statewide initiative. And they, by the way, will be working closely and interacting a fair amount. They already are in the work that we're doing and then kind of layered over the top just, and then I'll, and and then I'll take a breath, (laughs) but we've got two organizations we've worked with for a number of years. that we've always loved working with as well, the national league of cities. So they have a nonprofit arm that we work with. And then the national governors association, those are organizations that will study, not only study and kind of evaluate these programs and how they could be better, how they're working, but what they really helped us do is scale those out. So in the past, what we've done is work with them to move, you know, really promising models of apprenticeship, for example, out to 15 to 20 different cities or states at a time. And that's what our, our work with uh, NLC and NGA will be about is to say, okay, now you've figured some stuff out. It has promise for the rest of the country. Help us, help us get it out there. Yeah, well, my master's degree was at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. So I'm very familiar and love that research Triangle Park region, uh, North Carolina yeah. State University, UNC and Duke uh, create just a great, they had just a tremendous focus on on advancing technology and in a practical way, this kind of thing. So it's 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 not surprising to hear that that's a region you you came focused and there's Charlotte. But then what I was thinking initially was, you know, the Southeast just tends to be where a lot of EVs are getting produced and a lot of EV battery factories are getting built. So you've got a real kind of EV ecosystem, EV blue collar ecosystem forming in the the U.S. Southeast. So I was curious if that was part of what led to that. Okay. So it was. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, I mean, it's, I said it, you know, once already, but Midwest and Southeast will not be the only places that we are just out of the chute. Those are where we saw found partners that we were ready to jump in with. But for sure, what we're trying to do is, you know, capture best practices and help folks scale, right? We don't need a, we don't need certification programs in 50 different forms, right? Over the next 10 years, right? We, we need certification programs so that if I'm trained on electric vehicle maintenance or installation, and my family decides we want to move, you know, from North Carolina to South Carolina, that that certification is portable for me so that standards can be uniformly set, et cetera, et cetera. We want to make sure that that we're not recreating the wheel, you know, 50 or more times over in the coming decade. Uh, sounds excellent. I love all of it. I, I think we've covered it. It's really, there's a lot of detailed things we could jump into, but I, I think that's a really great overview and we can follow up as you move along with this and as you learn things, but any final comments you have on, on any, on any of these matters? You know, the, the, the only, I mean, first of all, thank you. Cause it's been a great conversation and, and uh, it's nice to, it's nice to have passion and energy matched for the topic for sure. I just think that I think the only other thing I would say is a, a sure role that we're trying to play here is to acknowledge that we are a small player in the midst of this in terms of our funding and these partnerships, but hoping to signal to lots of other folks that, you know, especially in the philanthropic world, corporate philanthropy world, right? There are huge opportunities here to align equity 
the environment and the economy, right? Like this is the perfect place and picking, you know, a sector, picking a, a space, you know, to drive on that is a wonderful opportunity right now on so many different levels. Yeah. It's nice when it's an easy decision to make. It's just, uh, it's just a bit, I guess, under, under seen, we can say, but, uh, but yes. you know, you, people like you, there, there are people working on it and, and we're making progress. I think it's really uplifting and just, it's just great for me to see what you're doing because I think it's so critical in so many ways. And it's, I think the biggest bottleneck we have for the EV adoption, uh, the EV transition. So, you know, the more the, the merrier for understanding this and making it happen. And this is really, this is a critical, I mean, I know it seems I've said it a few times now and I'm repeating myself and it just, I just think it's, it's not understood enough. It's, this is the number one bottleneck for the transition and it's just wonderful that you're identifying that and going the perfect going about it the perfect way to help you know create jobs and and diversify this sector so thank you for what you're doing appreciate it thanks to everyone at the siemens foundation um, and thanks for reaching out and letting us know about this news and and getting on the podcast anyone who liked this conversation and enjoys the clean tech talk podcast please remember to like and subscribe on spotify on apple podcasts on google podcasts or wherever you listen and uh yeah we'll check in next time and uh we'll definitely look forward to talking to you in the coming years as you roll this out and, and you know have more to say great look forward to it zach thanks so much Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,